this message finds you well. I know a lot of us are having a hard time trying to come to terms with what seems like a really precarious moment in the history of our country and in the history of global civilization at large. <laughs> um, no big deal. It feels like there's this collective sense of panic. And I hate to use that word, but that's really the only thing I can think of to accurately describe it. Another word that comes to mind when I think about it is homeostasis. And so I wanted to get really, really clear about what that really meant. And so I looked at a few definitions and I found one I really liked on dictionary.com. It says that homeostasis is the tendency of a system to maintain internal stability owing to the coordinated response of its parts to any situation or stimulus that would tend to disturb its normal condition or function. And so when I try to process that information, the thing that comes to mind to me is this idea of a scale, a balancing scale. Or if you think back to our days, <laughs> our days on the playground, remember the seesaw? Remember, it's like this device that has the lever in the center. And on the ends, there are always these two opposing bodies or forces, if you will. In the universal sense, if you think about the Tao, um, where we get the idea of yin and yang, masculine and feminine, light and dark, sickness and health. I don't really like to use the term good and bad. Because I think we as humans, we've kind of taken those words and distorted them a little bit. Anything can be good or bad. It just depends on the perspective that you're looking at things through. But remember basically that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's the idea. This is duality. And so if you take it back to the word of homeostasis, it's the idea that essentially there is a natural balance that life tends to, it tends to point in the direction of a sort of balance or harmony or equilibrium at least. And so we can take hours to sit down and 
draw out all the different ways that we see this process play out in nature if you think about it in the human body if you think about whenever a virus or a harmful pathogen enters the body our immune system recognizes that there's an invader and our white blood cells jump to respond our body temperature rises to give us that fever we sweat our mucus production increases we cough a whole series of these really divinely intelligent processes go into effect and the body works to fight off whatever it is that poses a threat to us our bodies inherently know what to do to heal themselves and this is not to discount or to devalue those of us who might not have the natural ability to fight off those infections on our own. Of course, we want to do whatever we can to protect those people with our actions as much as possible. But we also have to have faith and to remember that we were created to be well and how would we ever know what wellness meant if we never had to experience sickness an interesting thing to note is that this term is often understood and most easily applied to biology and biological concepts but if you really think about it it can likewise be applied to systems or inventions that we of humans as create have created and so because systems are man-made they're designs are fallible because we as humans are fallible we have natural resources and natural order that we have taken and built upon to form governments and countries and industries and corporations and products and services and all of these things that have dramatically improved the quality of our lives while here on earth but they've really been implemented in such a way that is meant to generate profit and wealth and so our basic human necessities like food and healthcare and housing and community these are things that are necessary to the well-being and the health of our God-given container, but they have become deprioritized and replaced with the drive for this acquisition of this man-made thing called currency. 
which is not the natural natural order. And yes, I do believe that we were made to live abundantly, but we can't forget that we don't really own anything. We're just here to use it while we can because we can't take it with us when we die. And so we can look at this reprioritization as both a cause and a symptom of this lack of balance. We live in a fractal universe, meaning that parts are often a translation of the whole. What we see on one scale can often be translated to many different areas of a thing. The definition of a fractal is a complex geometric pattern exhibiting self-similarity in that small details of a structure viewed at any scale repeat elements of the overall pattern. There is also a note at the end of this definition that says, see chaos, <laughs> which I think is interesting because we might from that be able to deduce, deduce that there's a relationship between fractality and chaos. Maybe in the same way that there's a relationship between yin and yang, light and dark, masculine, feminine, all the things that I talked about before. And so right now, while things might seem chaotic, I am left with this quote by Octavia Butler. And I know this is probably not the best time in the world to be reading some of her work, but it's really prescient. Um, I came across this quote the other day that said that chaos is God's most dangerous face. Amorphous, roiling, hungry, shape chaos, shape God, act. Alter the speed or the direction of change. Vary the scope of change. Recombine the seeds of change. Transmute the impact of change. Seize change. Use it. Adapt and grow. And also, if you remember, Octavia Butler is known for the quote that basically says that all you touch, you change. All you change changes you. The only constant in life is change. God is change. So this quote is in reference to that earlier quote in the book. And what that says to me is that this is not the end. 
God is still here. There is no need to panic. This is a recalibration process that is happening on a global scale to move us from a place of imbalance to balance, from sickness to wellness, from excessiveness to non-excessiveness, from greed to altruism. And we get to be here to witness and in maybe some ways take part. In yoga, there is also this idea for balance. It's talked about in the Bhagavad Gita as the yoga of equanimity, which is the yoga of stillness and action. And we attain it by practicing both of these things. But my teachers tell me it's always best to be still and then move. It is an invitation take to take the moment to witness what is going on within you so that you might be able to find a better sense of balance and to act from that place. So I will invite you to take a few moments to sit in stillness with me as we do this meditation. And after this, if you feel like you need to rest, if you need more stillness, or if you need to get up and go to the store or to call your relatives to do some cleaning, to get some work done, whatever it is that you feel like will bring you to a better state of equilibrium, um, you'll be able, able to do that from a place of power and not from a place of panic. And so our actions are more effective that way. So with that being said, I'll invite you to come to a comfortable seat. You can do this meditation sitting or lying down. I do not encourage anyone to do meditation if you are operating a moving vehicle so take a few moments to get yourself comfortable. If you're going to be lying down, feel free to place a pillow beneath your head and another pillow beneath your knees to then find a blanket to cover yourself with. If you're doing this meditation sitting up, you might still like to find something soft to place underneath your sit bones and make sure that you can find a position that is going to be comfortable for you over the next 10 minutes. I'll give you just a few more moments to do that.
So once you've found that comfortable position, I'll next invite you to go ahead and close your eyes. If it feels comfortable for you. If not, you can leave them slightly open and find something close by that you can look at with a fixed gaze. If your eyes are closed or open, take a few moments just to breathe and to allow yourself to mental, mentally catch up to where you are in the physical. Inhaling and exhaling at your own pace. And so from here, I'll start to name some different parts of the body. And the only thing that you have to do is to simply notice them. As I name them, just to quietly draw attention to them and then to simply relax and release a little bit more. So we'll start with the toes. The bottom of the feet. The top of the feet. Your ankles. Your shins. Your calves. Your thighs. The hamstrings. The hips. The pelvis. The glutes. The lower back. The belly. The upper back. The chest. Your shoulders. Your upper arms. Your forearms. Your wrists. The thumbs. The index fingers.
the middle fingers, the ring fingers, the pinky fingers, the palms, the back of the hands, the wrists, forearms, the upper arms, the shoulders, the neck, the jaw, the ears, The base of the head, the rear of the head, the sides of the head, the cheekbones. the muscles around the mouth, the muscles around the eyes, the muscle between the eyebrows. the forehead, the crown of the head, allow yourself to continue to breathe as you Notice the sensations flowing through you. To simply watch and to observe. Not trying to force or control the breath. but simply allowing it to be what it is. And with that same understanding to simply allow the body to be where it is in space. To continue relaxing, not clenching or tightening 
in any particular areas, but to simply allow deeper level if any thoughts or emotions or memories are to arise during this moment that we'll take shortly this moment of silence that you simply just allow those things to come over you and to observe them not to engage any deeper or to get stuck on that downward spiral that we so often do of trying to overthink but simply allowing the thoughts to come the emotions to come and simply allowing them to be what they are without any need to fix or control or respond and so as we enter into this next period of silence I'll remind you to continue to simply just be. Be with the breath. Just simply watch and allow yourself if thoughts or emotions come up it's okay but as much as you can be with your breath
Come back to your breath. And if you have gotten lost in your thoughts, it's okay to slowly bring yourself back. Feel into the tips of your toes and the tips of your fingers and slowly start to wiggle them just a little bit. If you're lying down, rotate over onto your right side. You know, palms down to support you. Lifting yourself back up into a seated position. If you were seated, go ahead and straighten the legs to get some blood flowing back into them. And bring your palms together. Bring them to your heart center. I thank you so, so much for sharing this practice with me. For taking a moment to find the balance within. And I hope that it will be something that you can carry with you throughout the rest of the day. If you need to come back to it, feel free. Feel free to send me any feedback that you might have. And I look forward to doing this again. Namaste.